Welcome to the Show Up Podcast with me, your host, Natalie Norton. This podcast is all about having the courage to be a really good human and living the kind of life that genuinely fires you up every single day. Are you ready to become your best self and truly show up for your life, come what may? Me too. Let's do this thing. I know you, you understand me, babe. Girl, you're my best friend. I love to hike. Like, it's my soulmate form of exercise because it ticks off every one of my exercise boxes. Um, Steep train is my favorite because then I'm getting cardio and I'm getting toning and I'm outside in nature, which is like the most essential thing ever for my mental health. Um, And it is so beautiful that I don't get bored out of my mind the way that I do on a treadmill or doing a video or doing any other kind of exercise ever, basically. I just really, really love to hike. I love it so much, in fact, that I hike the trailhead near my home every single day. Now, it's a popular trail, both for tourists and for locals, because it gives you such a big bang for your buck. Because it's not that long, but it's really strenuous and the view is spectacular. And because of this, there's always a good amount of traffic on the trail. Um, So a few weeks ago, I got there to the trailhead a little bit earlier than I usually do. And there'd also been a lot of rain in the days leading up. And so because of that, the trail just wasn't nearly as packed as it normally was. And it hadn't been for a few days because of the conditions. People don't want to hike in the mud, which I understand. I don't care because I got to get out there or I lose my mind. (laughs) But I do understand why it wasn't as packed as normal. Well, this particular morning, I got there quite early in the day. It was right at dawn. And this meant that I was the first hiker on the trail that day. And how did I know that I was the first hiker on the trail that day? Well, let me tell you. The first sign that I had that I was the first hiker of the day was when I heard this loud, like, roaring, rumbling, grumbling sound coming from the grass off to the side of me. And I was wearing headphones and listening to music, but this was so loud. I I swear on my life, I, like, felt it vibrating almost inside of me. And I screamed and I jumped And then I just heard this like, keep going. And the grass was shaking. And I realized that I had stumbled across or stumbled upon a wild boar's nest and woken it up first thing in the morning. So that was my first clue. Scared the life out of me. And I was just lucky that this boar charged away from the trail and not towards it because I don't know what I would have done. Back when my kids were young, we would hike um, in the mountains back behind La Ie and I would honestly hike with a stick or a rock in my hand because I was so afraid of boars. But because this trail is so frequented, there's usually so much traffic on it, boars don't usually hang out around there. At least I've never seen one. And they can be really dangerous and they scare me a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. So that was clue number one that I was the first hiker of the day. I woke the wild beast, right? (laughs) Now clue number two, repeated and repeated and repeated all the way to the summit of the hike. Every few minutes, I walked square into spider webs that were covering the width of the trail. They were wet and they were dewy and they stuck to my freaking face and got all wrapped up in my hair and it was not my favorite. 
So first hiker of the day. And the thing is, I'd never given a single thought to either of those variables because neither one of those had ever been relevant to me, right? Because I'd never been the first hiker of the day before. I didn't even know that those were that those were variables that I should consider on that trail that I hike every single day. But then suddenly, here I am, and I'm really genuinely feeling all this gratitude for whichever hiker or hikers always show up to the trail earlier than me. Because not getting like impaled by a boar tusk <laughs> and not having a mouthful of wet spider webs, those are like really high on my life priority list. So this hiking experience, it got me thinking. There are trailblazers in every aspect of life. There are brave souls who forge a new way. They mark a new path. And they do this for themselves, but it benefits the rest of us. These people move forward and they experience things that we don't even imagine. They overcome like roadblocks, right, that we will never have to face. And it's their perseverance that makes the way for the rest of us. People go first in all kinds of ways. It might be being the first entrepreneur. After a line of 9 to 5, 401k, traditional career folk, right? And and that's pretty significant. It can be a scary thing to be the one that says, you know what? I want to support my family differently. I want a different kind of life. It might be choosing to stay at home as a parent instead of working outside the home. And maybe in the culture in which you live, um, most people prioritize their career. Um, And not to say that they don't prioritize their family, but it might be choosing to stay at home um, with your kids. And maybe you come from a career-oriented family or a career-oriented culture. It may be choosing to be a working mom or dad when you've come from a family culture that is traditionally prioritized at least one parent being in the home full-time. It might be being the first to quit drinking in a family that is prone to alcoholism. It could be stepping into like a leadership role when you're coming from a culture that's traditionally more timid and subdued. Bravely walking away from an abusive relationship or a toxic marriage or any relationship really when you've always been taught to protect and prioritize that particular relationship above all else. It could be choosing to stop gossiping in a group or a family or a professional culture where there's a lot of gossip that goes on, like almost for sport, being the one that's able to say, you know what, Mm, I'm done. I'm not going to participate in this anymore. There's a near infinite number of examples that I could give of being first, of being a trailblazer. And each and every one is impressive, courageous, inspiring. So where am I going with all of this? I want to ask you a question. Is it your turn to go first? Is there something, like anything at all, that's been pressing on your mind or tapping on your heart that you've been disregarding, either because maybe you're afraid of what others might think? Um, It could be fear of failure. It could be being afraid of being all alone inside of this new path or fear of not having what it takes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Who gets that reference? <laughs> because if you did, we should for sure be best friends. Um, anyway, going first doesn't mean that you have to be the first ever in the history of the universe. It doesn't even necessarily mean that you have to be the first in the history of your family or your social group or your community. 
it could just mean that this is the first time you have made this specific leap in your individual life. But these steps, these leaps, they are an essential part of living a wholehearted life. Okay, let me tell you something real. Um, When we courageously turn down the volume on all those outside sources and we choose to amplify instead the voice within, the voice within every single one of us, when we do that, we will find a call to change. We will. And it may be simple and quiet, but it could also be huge and blaring. But when we elect to play life at this, um, this higher level of thinking, this higher level of being, this higher level of showing up, we are constantly going to feel inspired. We're constantly going to feel compelled even to make changes, to take leaps, to start things or end things or try things, to make, make new habits, um, to break habits or to reach out, to be brave. We're going to feel inspired and compelled to try again, to walk away, to forgive, to let go, to be the bigger person, to take responsibility, to change the pattern of destructive behavior, thinking, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's from the King and I, guys. And rarely in all of these inspirations and these, these compelling calls to change and to shift, rarely will we feel totally ready for any of these things. But guess what? I'm here to tell you that if you're hearing the call, you're ready. You're more ready than you know. The call wouldn't come if you weren't ready to hear it. I'm going to repeat that again because it is so important. If you're feeling the stirring, you're ready. And yeah, you might end up with a face full of wet spider webs. But let me tell you what you won't end up with. You won't end up with a heart that's filled with regret. I'm going to get really serious for a second here. Some of you, oh gosh, some of you, For some of you, what we're talking about here is massive. Like you know in the deepest part of your heart that you have reached this this juncture, right, in your life. And it calls for significant change. And I just want you out there for whom this applies, I want you to really hear me and to really internalize this, okay? Number one, I want you to know that it's your time. It's time. It is time. And number two, you've got what this takes. And it's absolutely your time to stop waiting and to start living. Now, I cannot discuss this subject without at least acknowledging my mom, who truly was a change agent in her family um, who broke a history of alcoholism and abuse. Um, She chose a different path. I often tell her that it was as if she stood in the middle of some raging river, and by the sheer power of her will, it began to flow the opposite direction. Um, And here I am just one generation later, and my upbringing was distinctly different than my mom's. And it's just unbelievable to me to think how much change can happen over the course of just one generation. And guess what? I've got a little surprise for you here. 
I'm so excited to introduce you to my mom, Annie Link. She is absolutely the most inspiring woman that I know. <laughs> Hi, Mom. Hi, sweetheart. Thank you so much for squatting here in your closet with me to I know. record for a few minutes. You know, you and I really do have to come out of the closet at some point, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> so, first of all, let me tell you that uh, <laughs> you take my breath away. And that introduction... Uh, is so tender, and I love you. I love you. And I don't know that I feel like the most inspiring person <laughs> in your life. But, uh, it you can only imagine what it is to a mother's ears to hear that. So oh. I love you, sweetheart. Oh, Mom, I love you too. You're an angel. I'm so glad that you're willing to do this. Oh, absolutely. And and I do need to just say that I can't say that any of it was single-handed. Um, it's easy to to look back and in retrospect go, "Holy Hannah." You know, look look at what took place, but boy, when you're in the middle of it, you don't even know what you're doing per se. <laughs> it's not like you have this huge, uh, this huge thought. I'm going to change my family's oh, history. Oh, that's so true. You know, that's so true. You can see it in retrospect, but you're just flailing in the beginning because you're still as broken as as the system that you yeah. grew up in is. Yeah, and that's a really uh, good point. I would hope that listeners would realize that that it's really okay to be broken or to feel broken, or to feel not enough to be able to do it. And, you know, the end result is if you are feeling any sense that maybe a change could come about, know that, that you are enough to do it, however it may turn out. Absolutely, that's great. I'm so, so glad that you, that you mentioned that. That's so important for people to hear. Um, so, here is the thing. We're not going to go into detail about your history, it's not, it's not necessarily important. And um, I think that, that what is important is simply knowing that you chose to do things differently, um, that, you, mm -hmm. that you made a lateral step, right? When everybody mm -hmm. else was going one way, you chose to turn right. And the details of that aren't necessarily relevant. And um, we have so much love and respect for your family, for your parents, for your siblings. Um, you were blessed in a lot of really profound ways, um, but there were some things that you did differently, right? Mm -hmm. And so, let me just start by asking you this: um, What was it that inspired you to move in the direction you that you did, um, or what compelled you or inspired you to do things differently? Hmm. Well, I think often, well, we'll begin again, but right here, I'll answer. I think you were what inspired me, sweetheart. I think that when you change roles and you suddenly become a parent, or when your role in life changes, and in my situation, my role in life was now I was your mother, and I knew that I wanted something more for you than what I had. Um, I had realized long before that the way that I had been raised was not optimal. But I also don't think I had any clue in what ways it was not optimal. I just knew that I was different and that something had been wrong. You know what's interesting about that? That's something Dad and I were talking about, I want to say, just last night or the night before, that idea that fish notice water last. Yes, exactly. Right? Mm -hmm. right? And, um, and I think it's also, this is not really the direction that we're going here, but I want to insert for a second that you grew up in a community that 
really had a cultural contract about how they did things. Mm -hmm. And everybody kind of did things the same way. Mm -hmm. And so it makes sense that you would notice that there was a difference, but not necessarily notice what that difference was. Yeah. Just that you were on the outside of something. Is that exactly. a fair assessment? Okay. Exactly, yeah. Because when you're in the middle of living a certain way, you think that that's how everyone lives. Like fish just think that everything is water. <laughs> yep, yep. Mm -hmm. They don't even notice. But... Uh, as I, as I began to be older and become a little bit more independent and moved out of my family home and began making my own way in the world, I began to realize that, oh yeah, things had been very different. In the way I was raised was not necessarily the way other people had been raised. And uh, there was a longing. There was a longing for a connection, for connections that uh, I became aware that some people had and I didn't. And I wanted those. And I needed to learn how to have them. Oh, man. That's so beautiful. Um, it's also something I need to, to interject here because I'm realizing that I this entire time that we've been talking about doing this interview or me talking to you for a few minutes about these things, um, I've been really flippant about it. Like, hey, let's talk about this thing. And now as we are talking about it, I'm realizing the depth and the sensitivity of what yeah. we're talking about and how tender. Um, I'm, I'm now recognizing the tenderness of, of this conversation. And I want to thank mm -hmm. you again for being willing to have it because I know that, not that it's not easy, but um, it's not easy. <laughs> exactly. Easy, but not easy. Easy, but not easy. Yeah, that is, yeah that is so true. And yeah, I, I think if I were to look back with an eye toward guiding others in going forward for themselves, I would say, have compassion for yourself first. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I mean, if we, we need, if, we're, if we want to affect change anywhere in the world, whether it's in our own home or in our family of origin or anywhere, the first place we have to affect the change is in our own heart. Yes, There absolutely. needs to be healing there, mm -hmm. because until that healing occurs, we can't expect to be able to point others in any other direction. It, it makes is, me think of that um, Gandhi quote, be the change you wish to see in the world. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and feel the change. Be the change you need to be within your own heart, and sometimes that just comes from squaring your shoulders and stepping out of the water and standing on a rock when other people around you are still drowning because you can't yet swim. Yeah. And until yeah. you know how to swim, you can't save another. That's beautiful. You know, going back to that quote for a second, um, a thought came to my mind. It's not just being the change that you wish to see in the world. It's also believing in the change that mm -hmm. you wish to see in the world, believing that it's possible. Right. Um, believing yeah. that you could potentially do things differently, believing that you could potentially have a different um, kind of output or a different kind of environment or circumstance if you changed certain behaviors or certain patterns of thought. And for a lot of people, it's important to recognize that even just taking that initial step into saying, this is actually a possibility mm -hmm. um, and living as if, like you used to say when I was growing up, Liz, live as if this is possible or live mm -hmm. as if anything is possible. Or live as if this is already so. Yeah, yeah, I love mm -hmm. that. It is a creative endeavor. Yeah. What you're doing is you're, you're creating a new way of being and sometimes you're creating it from nothing, mm -hmm. from absolutely nothing. You're just 
reaching out and saying, this is the way it will be. Yeah. This is what I deserve. This is what I want for my life and ultimately for the lives of those around me, the those that I love. Yeah, and and something that you did such a good job of was making those changes without shifting your love or your respect for those people in your life or in your family because it wasn't just your family it's an entire you know um social circle right mm -hmm. and but it never shifted the way that you saw or felt about them you just chose to do things differently because you felt compelled to do so mm -hmm. but never did i hear you speak in negative ways about the people in your life that you loved mm -hmm. and that's really neat Mm, thank you. I appreciate it. And I'm not really sure where that came from for me, other than the fact that I had an innate sense that the only, the only environment that will allow for change is an environment of love. An environment of judgment won't allow for change. It'll just provide an environment for additional judgment. Wow. Uh, an environment of... Uh, negativity, of rejection, of any anything outside of love, of manipulation, anything outside of love will not bring real change. We've got to have complete love and acceptance for those around us. And that can be hard because sometimes there's a need for forgiveness. Sometimes there's a need to, to, uh, to let go of old behaviors. And forgiveness does not mean you leave yourself in a position where you're being harmed in any way or berated in any way or treated as less than in any way. Sometimes your love has to be great enough to to step away and allow someone to, to hate you for stepping away. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is so hard and um, a really healthy thing to understand, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so you once told me that a family is like a mobile. You know, like those little mobiles that you hang above um, a baby's crib. Mm -hmm. um, will you go into that for a minute for us here? Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't take credit for that idea. I think it might have come from a man named John Bradshaw, and he spoke about family systems. And the concept is that when we're in a family, we're part of a mobile. And you notice if you bump one part of the mobile, or if you remove a piece of the mobile, all the other pieces in the mobile end up moving around, bouncing around. Yeah, out of balance. Uh-huh, become out of balance. And you've got to prepare yourself for that to happen. When you begin to change, just within your own heart, without asking anyone else to change, demanding, pushing, pointing toward change, when you personally begin to change, everything in the mobile will begin to move. And some of it will be moving in a direction that you're comfortable with. And some of it won't be. You know, um, I've been in situations where I've made a change that has a, been a step away from a person. And it has caused that person to step in an entirely different direction than I ever would have assumed or hoped or wanted or wished. And suddenly they're furious with me and suddenly they're going in all kinds of negative, angry directions. And you know what? You've just got to allow them to be there and love them enough to know that ultimately they'll forgive you. And, and love yourself enough to know and to recognize that what's happened in their lives, while unfortunate, 
has nothing to do with you. Yes, exactly. Like it's, you don't have to absorb mm-mm. their their trauma or their hardship no. as as much as it hurts you to watch and as sad as it makes you, mm-hmm. you still made the healthy choice. Mm-hmm. And, and you didn't do anything to them. Exactly. And if they're angry, guess who decided to be angry? <laughs> who makes Natalie mad when Natalie's mad? That's right. You know, I talked about that in an earlier episode. I think it might have been episode one, um, maybe episode two mm-hmm. of this podcast, but you would die over the response. Like, like I didn't even think about it. I just kind of said it in passing. But I've gotten so many messages from people saying like, oh my gosh, that part where you talked about who makes Natalie mad when Natalie's mad, it was just mind-blowing to me. And I love it because, again, fish notice water last. And in the mm-hmm. same way that you didn't recognize the dysfunction necessarily as dysfunction, mm-hmm. um, I didn't notice the how blessed I was yeah. and the things I had access to and the... the um, the modeling that I that I had all around me, right? Mm-hmm. I noticed that last, I think, mm-hmm. and I'm still in the process of noticing it. And comments like that from people <laughs> on the outside, I'm like, dude, that thing that my mom said all the time that made me want to like scream and rip all my hair out <laughs> that made me matter. Yeah, that Wait made me matter. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was actually really profound. <laughs> yeah, you're awesome. Yeah, yeah. Okay, mom. So um, I have one more question for you, and I don't want to put you on the spot. Um, I really want to be sensitive sensitive here. Um, But I know that your choices to have such a radically different life, um, not just in behavior, but in how you chose to see and to interpret and to interact with the world and to show up in the world. um, I know that those shifts, like you said, in the mobile analogy, the mobile, 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 I don't know how you say that word. Do you know how you say that word? I, I say it both ways. Me so. too. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Someone's probably going to message me and be like, here is the correct pronunciation of that word. But <laughs> um, I know that all those choices and all those shifts, you know, they cause some rifts and some strain mm-hmm. and some alienation even mm-hmm. in, in your life. Um, and you mentioned that that's that's hard to watch. But my question for you is, are there any regrets? Mm. When I look at the final result, I would have to say no, because look at the result sitting in front of me. Look at you. Oh, well, that's look at so our nice, family. Look, at, look our, at our family. Uh-huh. Yeah, let's not make it. Yeah, but I, <laughs> yeah, well, I we get both that. know that I'm uh-huh. as crazy and messed up as the rest <laughs> of them. I know. I get that. But, yeah. but I'll tell you if I, I do, I do think I could have been more patient. It's interesting because, uh, the, the interaction that I had with my dad as I was growing up was that, you know, I, I could have, I could go on and on. He was harsh, he would blah, 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 all that victim kind of talk about what a bad person he was. But the bottom line of it is, as I look back on his life as an adult and on who he was and on who he wanted to be, um, I wish I had been a lot more loving and accepting and um and compassionate and empathic and yeah, uh-huh. yeah yeah because i have a lot more understanding of what he went through and um i love him yes. i love him oh deeply my gosh, me too. and I have me a great too. deal of forgiveness for him and um so maybe i would have liked to have been more patient in the beginning but i was young yeah and so i i want to be patient with the fact that, that i you was were young, young. Yep. and that yeah. i was uh had my own stuff going on and yeah. my own insecurities and uh um, I think that's a good you thing did, to remember. You did your best. Yeah, I know. That's, that's right. 
Exactly. And in the end, it was enough. I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I want to tell this story because it just came to my mind. um, And I think it's so relevant and speaks so much to what you just said there. I remember, um, so I mentioned this before, I think, in a a previous episode, but my grandmother lived with us for a number of years. Um, She was suffering from Parkinson's disease and she moved in and my mom um, cared for her for the last years of her life. And my grandpa would drive down every single afternoon um, to come and see her and spend time with her. Um, And then he had to leave. I mean, he would only be here for a couple of hours because he had to get back up um, to where he lived and he couldn't drive at night because of his age. And it was such a a beautiful thing to watch their love story in that during that period. But I remember one time, I remember this so vividly that I even remember where I was sitting. I was sitting on the kitchen table, not at the kitchen table, on the kitchen table. And I don't know what (laughs) I was doing, but grandpa walked by and he walked downstairs to go and see grandma. And I remember grandma wasn't there. I don't know. I think she must have been at an appointment um, of some kind. One of her home health nurses had taken her to an appointment and somehow that hadn't gotten communicated to grandpa. So he had made that hour drive um, and he likely wasn't even going to see her. And I remember just feeling so sad about that. And um, he started walking down the stairs to grandma's little apartment. And I said, just nonchalantly, like, I didn't even think about it because we express our love so much in our family, in our immediate family. I just said, I love you, grandpa. And the reason I remember it was first probably because of that emotional, um, the whole emotional thing of like, oh, he drove all the way down here. But then also he stopped at the bottom of the stairs and he paused and it was like kind of an awkwardish length of pause. And then he just said, I love you too, Natalie. And I remember repeating that story to you years Mm -hmm. later Mm -hmm. and tell me what you said. Do you remember? You told me. I'll, I'll just refresh Yeah, you're going to have to help me. I mean, I, I feel the tenderness of it, but I don't remember what I said. Okay, so years later, so years later, I related that story to you. Mm-hmm. And you said, you know, Natalie, I don't know that I ever heard my dad tell me that he loved me. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yes, I do. Isn't it interesting? Because as time has gone by, there's been so much healing. I wouldn't even have thought that my dad had never told me that he loved me. I mean, unless I sat down and had to consciously remember whether or not he had. Because think about that saying, that that statement, that he loved me. He never told me that he loved me. Inherent in that statement, the statement is there, that he loved me. Mm, mm, That is beautiful. We know. We know. I knew that he loved me even if he never told me. Oh, I love My that heart so knew that. Yes, yes. And if we stop for a moment with our parents or those that love us who are unable to tell us, we can, we can be in the presence of that love. Oh, I love that. Because we choose to reach in and create that and let it be. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful, Mom. You should be the host of this podcast, One of Switch Roles. <laughs> <laughs> the student has become the teacher, Natalie. You are definitely the right hey, person okay, for the job, okay. sweetheart. Uh, okay. It's such an interesting thing to have conversations of this nature and or to journal about it or just to get older and evolve into something new. Um, I think that for most of us, there is a season in our lives where we humanize our parents for the first time, Mm -hmm. right? We don't see them as these like separate magical 
forces. We or set, these parental units exactly. that just get wound up and placed in front of us yeah. for our for our use. Exactly. Uh-huh. We suddenly yeah. see them as humans. Mm-hmm. And it's in that humanizing that we find so much empathy and compassion. And like you did with grandpa or or like I did with you and with dad, there's certain mm-hmm. things that I would get furious about and I would carry those narratives and carry my anger around about whatever the thing was. And then with each and every one, as I've actually unloaded it and seen you as humans, it's so easy for me to realize that we were all just growing up together. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Isn't that the truth? So very, very true. We have a tendency to raise each other in the end. We really do. Yes. Oh, yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. There's one last question that I have for you. Um, And I said that the last one was the last, but I'm a big fat liar because (laughs) I've got one more. Um, You used to talk a lot about being a victim. Do you remember what you would Mm -hmm. say? Yeah. Can you share that with us? Yeah. I think it's really important for us to remember when we first start getting in touch with our pain or the fact that something is wrong or that something needs to change, it's really easy to begin to look at ourselves as a victim like oh my gosh i've been a victim of this situation or of this family structure or this system for so many years why couldn't i see it um but i think very important to remember very important to continue to remind ourselves of is this one fact we are only a victim until we realize that we are a victim and once that once that realization occurs From that moment forward, we become a volunteer. Meaning, if we keep moving forward in the same direction and allowing things to be the way they are, we are volunteering for that kind of behavior, that kind of pain. We are no longer the victim. We are now a volunteer. And we have the opportunity to step up, to step away and become a change agent. To show up? Is that what you mean? I think, I think that would be a good term. <laughs> to show up to in a new show way. show up in a new way. To step into a new narrative. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And to become the transition that you want to see in, in everyone's lives. But first become that in your own life. No longer a victim. I think that that might be a really good place for a mic drop, except for don't drop these mics because they cost me a fortune. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, sweetheart. I love you too, Mom. You know, you you going first really did change everything for Gavin and I. You recognize that, right? I'm so I'm so grateful. I I know that it's tender um, to say it in this way, but I know that I speak for both Gavin and myself. Um, when I express that gratitude, um, you modeled healthy living and healthy being, um, even when it wasn't fun and it wasn't popular or when it wasn't convenient. Um, and Gavin and, and I even both, sometimes when I wasn't being very good at it, <laughs> I still tried. <laughs> you huh? did your best, and that's always enough. There you go. Um, but we both just love you so very, very much. And I know if he were here, he would echo that a thousand percent and probably say it much more tenderly and with much more eloquence than me. No, thanks, sweetheart. Thank you for being here. No, thank you for letting me be here, sweetheart. I love you. I love you. Isn't she amazing? How lucky am I, right? Oh, man. All right, guys, here's the point. If you feel the spark... 
right? If you feel that stirring within you to reach for, for positive growth or change, no matter how big or how small, do it. Because you can. And because whether you realize it or not, people are watching you. And when you model that kind of bravery, the courage to embrace positive growth and change, you are not just changing your own life. You're blazing the trail for them as well. So what has been tapping on your heart throughout this episode? Maybe it's time to set boundaries in that messy relationship or Maybe it's time to start an exercise program and truly and finally prioritize your health. Is it time to stop ignoring all that debt and work towards financial security? Maybe it's time to organize your living environment because you need a more comfortable and inviting space. Is it time to work a little harder to connect with that teenager? Be a little bit more vulnerable in that relationship? Maybe it's time to start really showing up at work, sharing your ideas, being brave enough to really contribute in the ways that you know how and that you know you're capable of. Is it time to go back to school? Start a new company? Again, this list could go on forever. And I want you to know that really there's nothing too big and there's nothing too small. What matters here right now is that you take a deep breath, you choose to listen and to leap. And I promise you, that it is worth whatever sacrifice that it requires. Because, friend, like, this is it. This is your marvelous, magnificent, magical life that's happening right now. And you deserve the joy of living it without regret. for listening today please subscribe and if you're feeling extra generous i would love it so much if you left a review podcasts and let you in on a little secret here they live or die based on ratings and reviews and i really want to be able to stick around for a long long time and keep making magic with you and see what kind of magic we can make together as we move forward but above and beyond anything else i want you to know that i love you i believe in you and go make this a great day I know you. I'm Natalie Norton, and you have been listening to the Show Up Podcast. Girl, you're my best friend. Until next time, my beautiful friend, keep showing up, keep that heart wide open. And as always, remember, your best is always enough.